This week, we got some of the most important and honest information I think we've had since the launch of Vanilla Destiny. Listening to Destiny the Show. What's up, everybody? It's BBK Dragoon here with DTS 111, the Triple Ones. We are the Destiny News Podcast to keep you, the Guardian, up to date in the world of Destiny and ahead of the curve. Joining me, as always, is my awesome, super flexible, extremely nice and kind co host, <laughs> Diddy. Who is joining me for round two of this recording because I do believe my eight and a half year old sound card broke, causing the first recording of this to corrupt. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Everyone, please tweet at Diddy DTS and tell him thank you. He's the reason that this week you do not hear my voice glitching out all over the place. Diddy, what's up, dude? <laughs> not much, man. I am sipping on that uh, coffee from my beautiful Destiny the Show travel mug purchasable at redbubble.com slash people slash destiny the show um it's <laughs> awesome quality and i love it yeah i must say not to do the whole selfless or excuse me the shameless self-promotion it's the anything but selfless i like what we have going on our merch store we've got nice material for our dts t-shirts and that travel mug you said feels pretty heavy duty right yeah made of metal and the the print on it pretty good quality very good. So this week we had more Gamescom information. The big piece of news is the Edge Magazine write-up. It's an article featuring some very honest information from the developers of Destiny, confirming a lot of the suspicions and rumors that we've heard for the last year. That is, the troubling technology roadblocks that were causing a lot of Destiny's development to be slowed down. We learned that Destiny 2, yes, was delayed, and that Rise of Iron was basically created as a way to tide people over and Activision does not delay games very easily we got footage of the wretched eye strike we know that vault space may be increasing a little bit down the road some stuff to talk about for new players but I want to just shout out real quickly everybody on the DTS discord that I got to play Iron Banner with this last week you guys are awesome and more importantly the DTS discord is pretty rad Diddy we're almost, what, 600 people strong? Almost 600 people in the di Discord. Discord.me slash Destiny the Show. If you, I found this out this week from one of our listeners. If you Google Destiny the Show Discord, the first link does not work. It was the original invite code and it is no longer valid. So if you just go to your web, uh, the web bar on the top, the address bar, discord.me slash Destiny the Show, that's how you join us. Yeah, and you can find that link also on our Twitter, at Destiny the Show, as well as on our website. We'd love to see you over there. I know there's a ton of returning listeners as well as returning guardians. We're seeing our numbers just jump up again. So welcome back, everybody. And if you're brand new, welcome. The DTS Discord is full of like-minded guardians who like to talk about this game and also play. You know, during Iron Banner week, I hop into the Xbox One LFG chat and I just type up, anybody looking to play? Last night, got into a lobby of six, played for two hours. It was fantastic. Well, maybe an hour and a half, but it was fantastic, man. And, and it's, it's not just, just for LFG, you know? It's more real-time chatting about Destiny, talking about different things. There's also a random channel in there. You can talk about anything you want. It's more personable. Um, yeah, you can join the conversations on Reddit or Twitter or Facebook, whatever. 
But having that almost immediate feedback, instant messaging is basically exactly what Discord is. Having that instant feedback about your thoughts and ideas or questions is really awesome. And everybody over on the Discord is great. Absolutely. So I think we should just hop into the news. We've got quite a bit to talk about and let's groove into it. So on August 27th, Destiny Community Con is beginning. Very excited about this. Out in Florida, it's going to be August 27th and 28th. You can go to destinycon.co to purchase your tickets now, to check out the schedule, to get all the locational info. Tons of streamers, tons of YouTubers, a lot of influencers from the scene, developers for Destiny Item Manager are all going to be out there for a fun-filled weekend of panels. They've got a, a freaking Crucible laser tag set up in Arcade over there, Professor Broman and Cathalian really look like they're outdoing themselves and this is an event we'd love to go to in the future I'm very <laughs> excited to see what's going to come out of this and they're raising money for a charity right Diddy? Yeah they're raising money for St. Jude uh, St. Jude's Hospital they take care of uh, sick kids with uh, illnesses and it's just doing a great job They this past week um, they've had tons of streamers streaming on their Twitch channel and they've raised I'm looking at it right now, $186,000 with three days to go of their $200,000 goal. And the streamer right now, it looks like his mom is putting makeup on his face. That's just, that's hilarious. It's for a good cause. Uh, definitely contribute if you can. That is so awesome, man. And if this is successful, I guarantee you there's going to be more. It was started last year. It was kind of a smaller thing. This time they're actually renting out, uh, I think it's the fairgrounds over, I don't know what part of Florida it is. but it's Tampa, looking Florida. Like it's very cool oh humidity shout outs to our people over there if you are a dts listener who's going to destiny con i'd love for you to tweet us at destiny the show and just let us know or even send us a picture of what it looks like that would be really stinking cool so and maybe that might incentivize diddy and i in the future to go we, we couldn't make it work this time uh the dts jet is being repaired right now <laughs> it's at the ship right right now um That's unfortunately cade right. six used it on one of his experimental missions that guy man i told him don't bring it back <laughs> unless it's perfect not a scratch and it's missing parts i just don't even know there's this kind of nasty smell in the, the cockpit i don't know what he was doing in there dude but i don't even want to know the radar dish is gone the radar dish is gone uh, moving along, let's talk about the Edge article. You tweeted out this week, and it actually got a lot of traction. What, almost 50 favorites, tons of retweets about this Edge magazine article. What was the tweet? So the, it was um, more of a breakdown on Reddit of the Edge magazine. And there were four bullet points that I thought were absolutely crucial, and nobody was talking about it. And it's in relation to Destiny's year one and year two development cycle. And basically to sum it up is Bungie developers and executives they are admitting that yeah we had some problems in Destiny's development you know we were and some of those reasons were we were growing our company from 150 members to 600 plus and that's a huge jump and they had they failed to adjust to that expansion to that growth in employment mm -hmm. and they wanted to try and remain as one single team, but you can't really do that with 600 people. So now that they've had to restructure everything and reorganize, they now have three main focuses in Destiny's development. And those three teams are going to be 
they call it Destiny Main, which is the ones focusing on the next expansion of Destiny or the next iteration of Destiny. So right now that's going to be Destiny 2. Second team is the live team, which is involved in the current life cycle of Destiny. So right now they're focusing on finishing and polishing Rise of Iron, making sure it's ready for the live environment, the one that's existing and breathing in our world, the ones that we actually log in to play. And the third team, this one gets me really excited, is the engine team, specifically looking to improve the technology that aids in Destiny's development. They've admitted, yeah, there were reports that came out a couple months back, that Destiny's development has been sluggish. You know, to they, if you remember correctly, we've mentioned this on the show before, if they had to move a resource node on the Cosmodrome, they logged in, takes hours to pull that up move the resource node and then re-render it takes hours and hours and that's just way too slow to do a really single uh, a really simple single action in the destiny universe so they have a dedicated engine team now focusing on improving that technology Absolutely. And the engine team even mentions by dropping last gen with Rise of Iron, it's going to help because the graphical and memory constraints for last gen consoles was hampering development. And we also found out in the Edge magazine article, the last gen player base represented less than 10% of the total Destiny population, which to that under 10%, we're sorry to see you guys uh, have to upgrade if you want to continue the journey. But from an actual fan's perspective, I really want to see them capitalize on the potential that this game offers. And it's so exciting to see this kind of transparency where you have John T. Barnes, the VP of game development, saying, yeah, we had development problems. A lot of them being rooted in the fact that our staff was about 150. And then during Destiny, it grew to over 600. That's huge. And they tr- that's huge. <laughs> and for them to try and keep it a single team, it didn't work. So this is a lot of transparency into the behind the scenes saying, yeah, our tools didn't work. We grew really fast organization-wise. We weren't quite there. And then you hear that they did indeed delay Destiny 2. That is something Activision doesn't normally do. And they talked about that in the Edge article saying Activision does not take lightly to changing these large-scale contract deals. And we saw the CEO, or the previous CEO of Bungie, having to step down this previous December-January time frame. And you and I both thought, could this be because of some sort of delay? We even talked about it on Destiny the Show. And it would look, perhaps, he was the guy who had to take the fall. The previous CEO needed to step down in order for them to say, look, Destiny 2 is not ready. You don't want another vanilla set of circumstances on your hand where we launch something before it's completed and you get some critical backlash. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people are of the mindset, it's better to delay a game than to release something that's unfinished and then adding in that content that was cut later as paid DLC. That's kind of the impression we got with original year one Destiny. But, you know, now we're seeing, okay, Instead of releasing Destiny 2 unfinished in September, let's push it back. Let's make it better. Give Luke Smith the lead, our golden boy. He's going to take it. He did awesome with Vault of Glass. Awesome with uh, Taken King. He's going to do awesome with Destiny 2. What you mentioned there is interesting as well. Rise of Iron came to be when they decided to delay Destiny 2, which was this January and December time frame. Look at that production cycle turnaround time. Nine months. Nine months for... A DLC that is really fast not just DLC destiny standards it's a larger 
scale expansion. It's not as big as the Taken King, they mentioned that, but it's bigger than Dark Below and it's bigger than House of Wolves. This is absolutely huge news. We need to analyze this real quick and understand something. Rise of Iron, if you look at it, started in January from this from scratch from the ground and now we're getting a larger scale expansion nine months after it started that is absolutely good news for the future of destiny's development with the engine team looking at new technologies improving development and now we see this larger scale expansion developed okay now they're putting the polishing touches on it and we've understood and we realized that destiny 2 or most of Bungie is working on Destiny 2 right now, and it's in the yeah. hands of the live team. The live team is really small. They've mentioned that before. They're putting the polishing touches on Rise of Iron. That means Rise of Iron is the bulk development finished in, what, seven months or so? Seven or eight mm-hmm. months? Yep. That is awesome news. If they can push something the size of Rise of Iron out every nine months, that is awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And that's why I believe I think next spring we're probably going to get something similar to Rise of Iron. I don't think Rise of Iron is the only thing that's going to hold us until fall 2017. It should be noted, by the way, even though most of the scene is saying Destiny 2 is going to be fall 2017, we know for a fact it'll be sometime next year. We don't know what time of the year it will be. It could be the spring for all we know, but that just historically doesn't make sense. Why would they miss out on the hype train that is E3 (laughs) in June, July? And then why would you miss out on Gamescom in August? It's just, it doesn't make as much sense, especially if they're trying to delay the game and make it the ultimate package that it could be. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I think that covers most of the big stuff with the article. You did mention Luke Smith taking the lead for Destiny 2. That's very exciting. Is there anything else that we should cover from that Edge article? Um, Might have to edit here. That's fine. I've got got one. I've got one, actually. Skill-based matchmaking. Yeah, let's let's talk talk about the skill-based matchmaking because Lars Bakken had mentioned that... They haven't found the perfect system just yet. They understand that skill-based matchmaking frustrates some level of the player base because the sweat, the like high-ranked players don't want to play sweaty matches all the time. He specifically said he understands the player's desire to play in a competitive environment sometimes and a more relaxed environment at other times. It was also mentioned, too, players don't always get the, the best feeling of enjoyment having to lose not having but losing about 50 percent of their games so for the context here the way a lot of matchmaking systems work in competitive games is they specifically match you with harder opponents to try and get you around a 50 percent win-loss ratio in starcraft 2 if you were a pro or even in brood war if you were a pro and you had a win rate above 55 percent you are one of like the gods of the game okay just to put it in perspective so I find it really interesting that they say, you know, the high-level players get frustrated by it, but there's not great alternatives. Because if you're a beginner player, you don't like getting crushed. The high-level player has a fun time in a relaxed match, doing really well, but they don't want to see low-level players leave the game either. I have talked about this a lot with you. You and I are both big fans of a social and ranked distinction for the playlist like halo 3 what did you think about lars comments do you think he was hinting at that um it's definitely possible Uh, i would love to see a ranked and social split like you said and they've definitely definitely talked about that 
uh, you know, introducing social and rank split into Destiny, we know they haven't figured it out yet. And I think private matches are actually going to improve that significantly. And they mentioned that in the Edge article as well, that they think private matches will improve that. But if you think about it, private matches are the best test realm that you can give your community. Because they've said, you know, when we're testing the game internally, about 100 people or so, most issues don't come up just because it's a very small population to test. But when you add private matches, you are literally giving millions of players tools at their disposal to break your game. And you know there's going to be people dedicating their time into breaking custom matches or just the crucible in general. And that kind of testing, extensive testing, can only improve Destiny because everyone's going to try everything under the sun to just modify how they play the game, how they break the map, how they play the scoring. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait to see what people do with private matches. Absolutely. I felt like the takeaway point from this whole article was transparency. And as a player, I find it a lot easier to have compassion for Bungie as a studio when I hear about, yeah, year two was rough because we were in the process of trying to deal with such a large studio and create these new teams. And also the monumental challenge of standing up to the large publisher that was Activision and saying, guys, we can't release Destiny 2 when you want us to. We need more time. It's not finished. What a daunting task. Maybe daunting enough that they had to say farewell to their previous CEO, but I find it so refreshing to hear these things after, you know, a year and a half of the speculation videos and this dark underbelly of, oh, they sold us back the cut content stuff. It's just nice (laughs) to finally get this information because nothing is worse than being left in the dark. So I'm I'm really yeah. excited coming out of this whole Gamescom week. It turned out to be way more than just a PvP game mode reveal, you know? Yeah, yeah. we thought it was just going to be the Crucible reveal when they said private matches in that first five seconds of that Viadoc. That was hilarious. Um, Speaking... Oh, go for it. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say that... <sighs> totally brain farted. <laughs> I'm leaving this in. Think on the spot. Oh my you gosh. gotta go quick. <laughs> now they're not going to hear your flub of your joke from the last oh. recording. Do you want me to, I'll mess the joke up again. I'll mess the joke <laughs> up again here. Do you even remember it? Oh, uh, I remember it. I'm going to yeah. let you deliver it, though. Oh, okay. my gosh. Okay. I'm not editing this out, dude. This oh, my God. Staying in. I'm just going to go into it because it's next on our show notes. Then you go, you go for it. From Gamescom, we also saw footage of the Wretched Eye strike. You can watch it. It's up on YouTube. If you don't want spoilers, don't watch it. That's a no-brainer. I unfortunately hate myself, and I regret doing it. I watched the whole gameplay, so I know the strike. It's awesome. I'm not going to spoil anything. The strike is awesome. But the fact that it's called The Wretched Eye, BBK was going to say something like, if you don't want spoilers, you should go into this blind. Because it's an eye. Haha. <laughs> joke. Okay. Yep. There we go. It was a good joke but I forgot it in the first recording of the show. And uh, yeah, I know you guys are probably really uninterested in this, but anyway, I tried to watch as little as possible, Diddy, because I don't want it spoiled, but I did see like two minutes of it and it looked really <laughs> freaking cool. The artwork, it's very hardcore. Like that, that ogre, man, that is gnar. 
That is like medieval what I'm that just, guy did to him. I am so excited to have to like focus my energy on the fallen again because mm. it's been nothing but hive and taken for the last year. I'm tired of it. I want to kill some Skolos, captains now. Dude. Skolos was my favorite fight in Destiny. Period. To this day, pre-nerf Skolos was fantastic. Arc burn. Really hard fight. Really hard fight. We also learned that the Galarhorn is not going to be as powerful as the year one version. Who'd yeah. have thought? I, th- I like, think no that's a no-brainer. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Like, I miss the on-sparring power of the year one raid weaponry. But we're just not gonna get that back again. It, it's maybe we'll get some items back that contain a little bit more wow. Cause let's face it, taking king raid weapons, dude. Come on. Were you <laughs> high, did you really love them? Are there any of those that you're like, oh yeah, I hope that comes to year three? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> That's an easy answer. Nope. So split the difference, Bungie. In between OP and not fun. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good pretty good uh, margin there. I could totally be a, a balanced tester. This is in between fun, overpowered, and completely broken. So we've just about hit it right on the dot there. Vault space won't be increasing at the launch of Rise of Iron, but it's something that they look to improve down the road. I think that's probably something that immediately goes to the engine team's desk, you know? Yeah, it's, it's those types of... They've mentioned it was memory restraint from legacy consoles way back a couple of months ago. And back when they first improved the vault space, that's what they mentioned. Those types of quality of life changes, obviously they're not going to happen right away because we're still working on the original Destiny engine. But I really think for Destiny 2, we're going to see some drastic improvements. But for Rise of Iron, baby steps, we see marginal graphical improvements. Vault space is on its way. And uh, Destiny 2 is going to be where it's at. Totally. I want to move real briefly to the private match arena. We talked all about the mode last week, including the like settings that you could change and kind of the details. There was this thing mentioned called the competitive license, and I think there was a lot of confusion about what it is. Well, I read into the full terms and the details about the competitive license this week. You were kind enough to send the link over my way. Real briefly, it's a way for Bungie to make sure that their game is not broadcast in a way that they don't want, and so that a giant tournament series doesn't start up without them getting a piece of the cake. So if you are going to be hosting a tournament with a payout, you need to apply for the competitive license, but it's like a big payout. You cannot do more than $5,000 for a single event, and I, th- I don't think you can do more than $10,000 in a single year. There's a lot of rules in the ways that you have to uh, broadcast the game if you're running a tournament that has quite a bit of financial backing behind it in terms of the branding, in terms of like how you can use stuff, the, the content. like you, They don't want adult content or bad stuff mixed in with their game. It's just a way for them on a legal level to say, hey, you can't run too big of a tournament stream with our game without our involvement, which is smart. And it's totally smart, too, because who owns MLG, Diddy? Activision. That's right. And they also own a company called Bungie. So (laughs) it's a match made in Doritos and Mountain Dew heaven. (laughs) Yeah, and if you have any questions regarding content licenses and running a tournament, Open up your web browser, Google these three words, Destiny, Competitive License. It's the first link. It's a Bungie Help forum. It gives you all the details you need to know. 
speaking of competitive stuff, we plan on running some internal Destiny the Show clan nights where we're either doing our own private matches, we've got ideas for some funny jokey custom games that we'll be sharing throughout, you know, the next few weeks. But we're going to be running some rumble tournaments, right? And maybe even some three tournaments? Yeah, we are planning the first ever official Destiny the Show tournament. The rules are still being written out. We're still filling out the details. We don't know exactly when or what it's going to be, but do not expect it the first week of Rise of Iron because we're going to be focusing on gearing up for the raid. We're going to be doing the raid as soon as it launches on that Friday, and then maybe that weekend we can have some some planning sessions with uh, some private matches with the DTS folk. Totally. Speaking of gearing up, we talked about new listeners coming back to the show or old listeners returning to the show. There's the same thing happening in Destiny right now. I've had quite a few comments from vanilla Destiny players who are coming back and they're confused about how to get geared up. These are p- players who probably never even hit level 32 or, or 34 in House of Wolves and they're saying, hey, I don't even have a clue how I'm supposed to get gear that'll let me do endgame activities. So what would be the step-by-step advice you'd give a new player let's say i'm that person who's coming back to d and i'm level 32 what would you have me do first before rise of iron first thing you want to do is hit level 40 because that's when the real light level grind happens any gear you get before level 40 doesn't really matter it's all about gaining that experience finishing those bounties bounties are going to be really important to get up to level 40 gives you all that experience you need once you're level 40, complete some quests. Quests give a lot of experience as well and a lot of good gear, and those are guaranteed rewards. Once you have some gear, hop into the strike playlist. Strikes are by far one of the best ways to get a bunch of engrams to drop. Okay, so I hit level 40, and I started playing, like you said, the level 36 strike playlist, and now I'm sitting on a bunch of blue engrams. I've taken them over to Rahul. I'm so ready. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm going to get light level 330 my first go. But what is the best way for me to decrypt these things? Is there a certain method I should be using? Yes. One at a time. It's going to be really tempting to just spam that X or A button, whichever console you're playing on, to just decrypt all of them at once. No, that's a, that's a bad idea. Because there's a system in the game we like to call smart loot. And it's... The engrams you decrypt are dependent on your current light level. So say I'm light level 280. My helmet is uh, 280. I decrypt a blue helmet engram. It's 290. I want to put that on immediately because that's going to increase my overall light level, which then increases the overall light level of the engrams that I'm about to decrypt. Like the chance, right? I could still get a lower light level one. You can still get a lower light level one, but it increases the chance of getting higher light level gear. Okay, and so let's say I'm now hitting 315. What is the kind of stuff I should be doing? Like, how does Iron Banner look, or Trials, or Nightfalls? Iron Banner and Trials are doable. Just keep in mind that the light level is capped at 330, so it's might 35. be... Well, we're not going to have an Iron Banner until <laughs> 335, yes, thank you. We're not going to have an Iron Banner before Rise of Iron now, uh, but Trials is definitely possible if you have some friends on. D- Discord.me slash Destiny the Show. Um, also doing things like the nightfall and definitely the normal mode raid. You want to do the normal mode raid, 
You're gonna be doing Court of Oryx as well to get that uh, higher level artifact. And you wanna be doing bounties along the same time. Shax's bounties as well, the Crucible bounties. They should be unlocked at that point. And you can get some nice gear through there. Very good, man. Well, I think that's going to do it for most of the news today. We've sort of flipped the show on its head the last three weeks. I think the listeners are liking it, where we do our little pleasantries at the end of the show. So what'd you do the last couple of weeks? It's the first time I feel like we have a, a breath. We're like, oh, after this Gamescom, massive info drop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this past week, I hit level 20 in Pokemon Go. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I've been playing a lot of that. It's a way for Sanic and I to spend some time together. She's level 24, so she's... What are you, What team are you guys? Mystic. Is that blue? That's the blue one. Yeah! Let's go. Fight me, DTS so. fans. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, I'd probably lose because my Pokemon suck. Um, other than that, played some Iron Banner, um, played some PlayStation Destiny as well. Oh my gosh, I've been playing a ton of PlayStation Destiny. I know I said I'm going for moments of triumph on PlayStation and Xbox One. Um, that might not happen because, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I think I'm 297 light on the PlayStation, so I still have a long way to go to gear up. Maybe I'm going to use some of those tips that we just talked about. Maybe Definitely so. going to grind some strikes. <laughs> Yeah, I've been playing the PS4 as well, enjoying it. I played Iron Banner with the DTS crew this week. Shout out to everybody I got to play games with. It was awesome. I, I don't have a party chat mic, so I, I use Discord mic. So for those <laughs> of you guys who think I'm ignoring you, I'm not. I just don't have a cord He's or a little cool. headset thing. I'm too cool for, for party chat, yo. And I've also been playing World of Warcraft. Uh, you guys know I've played that off and on since vanilla, but Legion launches at the end of August, and they've been doing the coolest pre-patch event where it's got a lot of timed rewards that you earn currency for by doing um, demon invasions. And that's basically all across Azeroth right now. Demons are invading the land, and you participate in these large-scale open-world battles. With um, It's like 15 minutes, and, and there's sometimes like upwards of 100 players all fighting these giant demons together, all spread out through the world, and they're totally letting people use it as a catch-up mechanic. You get, for a level 90 character, like 80% of a level bar in about 20 minutes. So I'm I'm awesome. definitely making use of it. My mage, he's like 95. My warrior is 100. My demon hunter is 100. And then I just have to get the hunter there and we'll have four tunes ready to go even though I won't be playing anything but the warrior. So yeah, that's what I've been doing, man. It's been pretty rad. I'm hyped for Rise of Iron though. That's awesome. Yeah, me too. Destiny the Show is going to be streaming all that launch week we're going to be doing some destiny on monday starting at let's say 8 a.m u.s central time uh that monday the 19th i'm taking that whole week off work i know rise of iron doesn't drop until tuesday around noon ish that's when the patch will come out most likely if we're um if we have learned anything from previous destiny expansions uh, but that's going to be at twitch.tv slash destiny the show have a ton of awesome things planned maybe get some listener strikes in or viewer strikes i should say because you'll be actually be watching me never seen my face before there'll be a face cam there will also be a puppy cam for oh, flynn yeah. oh yeah and this will be the first time you guys see flynn he's doing awesome nine it's months old here, man. yeah he's awesome where can people find your content like i said twitch.tv slash destiny the show 
Also, you can find me and my beautiful modeled body at redbubble.com slash people slash destiny the show. No, that's not me. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you can find me personally, twitter.com slash diddy dts d-i-t-t-y dts. And I've got some awesome PVE content scheduled for the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash whooshness w-o-o-o-s-h-n-e-s-s. Awesome. Remember to check out our friends over at DestinyTracker.com, the best website in the Destiny universe to track your stats. You can go to our website, DestinyTheShow.com, for all the links from today and more. You can follow us at DestinyTheShow on Twitter. Send us a tweet. We love reading them. We're trying to do more polls. You can follow me at BBKDragoon on YouTube and Twitter. I think that's just about all the places you can find us and all the stuff that came up this week. So thanks for listening, guys. Have an excellent rest of your whatever day it is that you're listening to this, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.